Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another podcast from Data Access Golf. I wanted to quickly discuss um, the, the new rule changes. They've kind of been in the works for a long time. If you've been I mean, if you've been involved in golf at all over the course of the last, boy, it seems like it's been a lot of years, six years or so, since they kind of came out and said that they were going to try to simplify the game, and and they've done it. They've created some rules and stuff that will should improve the game, should make it easier to play, um, should make it a little less confusing, and hopefully will speed up play, which was kind of one of the focuses they were trying to trying to get done with these rule changes. So I wanted to kind of discuss about 10 different items really quickly, not go too far deep into them, but just in preparation for next year. I do think it's it's super interesting that you've got the PGA Tour sort of 2018-2019 golf seasons kind of up and going and running right now, but literally they're going to change rules mid-season, which I think is pretty, pretty fascinating and some pretty significant rules based on what some of the, the players are talking about. So We'll probably jump into that a little bit as well. So just kind of jump right into them. There's there's sort of 24 rules. There's some there's some other sort of um, recommendations and things, but 24 major rules and some of what we talk about kind of overlap on one another. But I'm going to talk about kind of 10, 11 different items real quick. Um, the, the first one I thought was pretty cool is you can ground your club in a hazard now, which I mean, that's been a that's been a tough one for a long time, just because sometimes it's pretty hard to get in and out of these hazards. And sometimes, you know, trying to walk across rocky ground and this, that, and the other, you can, um, you know, stick a club out to sort of support yourself. Sometimes getting out of a deep bunker. I mean, it's just, it was kind of difficult sometimes. So I think this one's pretty, pretty great. You can, there's really no benefit to grounding your club and a bunker, it never really was something that was that big of a deal. But So you can do that now, and you don't have to uh, take a penalty for that. Uh, another thing is in, um, you'll be able to, to remove loose impediments, right? So if you've got a ball behind, if you've got a rock behind your ball, and it's kind of dangerous, and you're sort of freaked out, then you can actually remove it now and try to, to get out rather than, in situations like that, you just take the penalty stroke and go drop it. But now if you've got a good shot and it just happens to be sort of bad luck that you got behind a, a rock, you obviously you shouldn't be out of the fairway anyway. Data access golfers rarely are. But if you are, you have the ability to so remove loose impediments for, for health reasons and for not injuring yourself and all that. I think that's great. So again, pretty cool. Uh, the next one I want to jump into is on the green. You can repair everything now. Uh, you know, back in the day when we wore spikes, there would be spike, spike marks and things. But even like footprints and and uh, sort of damage or a- animal prints or whatever, essentially, if it's on the green, you can repair it. So you have a, a nice surface to try to make your putt. Like, great. And and I think with and it's sort of interesting, it used to be in the old days, our green surfaces weren't that great. So we were kind of used to putting on garbage and we just kind of got used to it. But nowadays the agronomy is so good and putting greens can be so nice that every once in a while, if you come up on a green and there's been some damage and, you know, some dipstick a couple rounds before you buried his putter to the neck and uh, didn't get a good job, you know, repairing it. And if it was in your line and it was just sort of a mess, but now you've got the ability to just repair everything. And I think that that's fantastic. Hopefully we can make more putts doing it that way. 
Another interesting one, leave, you can leave the flagstick in the hole if you want. And if your ball hits the flagstick, great. Not a big deal, no penalty stroke. We have heard from Bryson DeChambeau, our mad scientist friend, our data-based friend, that he plans on leaving the pin in sometimes. And actually, if you saw his eagle putt from off the green, it was a downhill putt. It was actually sort of a aluminum wrapped um, pin too, which, which is typical in sort of these high wind areas like Las Vegas. But he left that pin in, I think because it was a downhill putt, he thought if he hit the pin and it stopped the ball, it would be a benefit to him. But it had great pace on it and it, it went into the kind of on the left side of the cup, so it didn't really touch the pin anyway. But he's kind of mentioned that if it's a fiberglass pin that he might leave it in, that there's a, you know, the COR on a, on a flag, on a, a fiberglass pin somehow or another would make it easier for maybe to absorb the impact of the ball and fall in or whatever. But so it'll be interesting to see how quickly that's adapted on the PGA Tour. I'm sure that we will have pretty interesting data pretty quickly. And then you'll see sort of everybody kind of fall in line. I've got friends that will not chip if they don't, if the pin's in at all. They, they require that it be pulled out no matter what. And I've got some friends that don't really matter. Like you're lucky to get the pin out before they putt, right? So it'll be interesting to see now that it doesn't matter. Knock yourself out. Have some fun. Uh, the next one, where we drop the ball, right? Back in the old day, we used to drop it over our shoulder, which was odd. And then we went to the shoulder level drop which, okay, that seemed to be okay, but now we can drop from our knee. Uh, sort of a weird one, I guess. I, I guess I, I'd heard that the rule was going to be that you could drop from anywhere, and then they decided no, because that's basically placing, and it definitely should be a drop, and so now it's from your knee. It seems a little weird. I, I mean, shoulder length was good. You could kind of stand up and do that. My, my arms don't go all the way down on my knees, so I'm going to have to bend over a little bit to get my arm my hand down to around my knee and drop from there. I don't know. That's kind of a interesting situation. I, I, I was maybe if your hand just hung down, maybe that would be fine. But another thing, I guess the velocity of the ball won't, won't be as great when it hits the ground. So maybe it won't trundle off out of the drop area. I don't know, but whatever, it seems to be fine. It'll just be interesting to to see that happen, right? We're so used to seeing everybody drop shoulder length now that that will be interesting even just to, to watch. Um, let's see. If you hit your, if you, if your ball hits you, it's no longer a penalty. That's fantastic, right? I mean, that was to add an, to add a penalty onto an embarrassing moment, you know, just increased the pain, the walk of shame, right? If you, if you happen to, to skull one and it, it, it hit a golf cart, right? And it came back and hit you. It was just like comedy of errors. And you just looked, not only did you look stupid, now you have to take a penalty stroke too. So I'm glad that one's gone. There was no need for that. Now you can, if it hits something, just play it where it lies and move on. You don't have to take a penalty stroke. I think that is perfect. They also removed the penalty for the double hit, which is great, right? You go through a I've done it. You go through some thick grass and you happen to just catch the ball on the top of your wedge and it comes out slowly and you, you hit it again as you're exiting the grass. I never really liked that. It, it wasn't going anywhere. Sometimes, I mean, one time I hit it back behind me like 20 feet and then I had to take a, penalties on top of that. That seemed ridiculous. So this one's good. Obviously the 
TC Chen's kind of the big one that we that we think about. That kind of the two chip. He double. What is it? He quadrupled bogey to hole. Lost to Andy North in the U.S. Open by one stroke. That was kind of a sad one. So that's gone. We don't have to worry about the double hits anymore, which I think is great. Um, next one, you can you can ground your club in a bunker. So it kind of goes back to grounding your club in a penalty area. I guess they're not calling them hazards anymore. We're calling them penalty areas. Um, but same thing, you can, you can actually ground your club in, in a bunker, which I think is great. You just can't do it around the ball, which makes sense. I mean, I, I always kind of teach my kids to draw a line in the ball and take, draw a line behind the ball and take a scoop out, which is just a super easy way to, to teach the kids how to do it. You know, in tournament play, obviously they wouldn't do it, but when we're out playing, I always let them do it just until they can develop good bunker form. That's always a fun way to do it. So yeah, now, hey, getting in and out of the bunkers are sometimes difficult. Go ahead and put your club down, help you help yourself in and out of there. I think that's great. Um, sort of an interesting one here, this sort of stroke and distance penalty. So it used to be, right, if you hit a ball out, so I just think of a course down in southern Utah that I was a member at and called Entrada. We had those, these lava holes and you could hit a ball out in the lava and it'd bounce around. And, and we would usually just drop a ball right then and hit again. So it was one in the lava, two back to where you are and, and hit it. And so you were penalized distance down. Now they're saying you can create a local rule where, where that ball went into the lava and, and exited the playing field. You could literally drop there with a two-stroke penalty and play from there. But it's a local rule, so you'll have to make sure that you check on the local rules and make sure if they have that before you, you know, you, you may, not have to, may not have to hit a provisional just depending on the local rule. So that will be interesting to see how that kind of shakes out. That could definitely speed up play, though. For courses where you've got, I can see like in Trotta, this course and other courses in Lava, and when you've got really difficult terrain on, outside the playing field, that you could really speed up play. So I think you'll see a lot of resort courses and stuff do that to kind of keep play moving where you can just drop up and go. It's kind of probably how most people were playing anyway, so it's probably not going to make that much of a difference, but um, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Even in tournaments, I think we might see this We might see this new rule implemented uh, depending on the course, so that might be interesting. And the last thing, the one I'm talking about is on rangefinders. It used to be that they were, they were not legal unless there was a local rule and the course allowed you to use them. Now rangefinders are legal, unless there's a local rule that says you can't use them. So again, need to check in with the course, check the rules and make sure where they're at um, in a turn- in tournament play, any sort of tournament, make sure where they're at. Cause you can actually now it- it's, if they don't say anything, you can play with them. Now that's the rule. They literally have to say you can't use them and, and, and apply sort of a, a local rule to ban those. So those are really great. Super interesting. I'm excited to see how things go. It's definitely going to make things easier. I'm hopeful that it will make golf simpler to learn, um, especially for young kids, um, and especially for new new folks coming into the game. Hopefully, it'll seem less confusing and easier to play. But also, I hope that it speeds up play. That That's a plague that we deal with a lot in, at different courses. And hopefully, we can speed up play a little bit and, um, and just enjoy ourselves better. I think a lot of these things will just change the enjoyment of golf, which is, which is always great. It's always frustrating to see friends kind of suffer through bad things that uh, we data access golfers don't have to suffer through, but it's tough to watch them do it. But anyway, this is super great stuff. I'm really excited for it. I think that the USGA, they took their 
sweet time doing it, six years or, but, um, but it's done now and it starts January 1, should be exciting. So anyway, that's it for the rules of golf. Any comments or anything that you have on those, please let me know if you're um, looking to where you can sign up to be a part of our winter golf program, the indoor winter golf program, Be Better by Spring. Go to dataaccessgolf.com and and just go ahead and put your email in. We're keeping those out. We'll blast out the program as soon as it gets closer. We're still in negotiations with some of the the feedback data providers to see if we can't get a better deal and and make it uh, more reasonable to get all this equipment and get up and going. So uh, appreciate your comments. Appreciate those that have uh, reached out. It is brand new and we're just getting going. So all the feedback and everything helps me a ton to sort of adjust the message and kind of talk about the things that you're interested in. Um, But so I appreciate it very much. So until next time, please remember, better data means better golf. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.